He is the man who dressed generations of country stars today on the Music Universe podcast. Buddy, mm-hmm. moments like this are why I love what I do, what we do, because this interview came about in probably the most spontaneous way that an interview has ever come about for us. So as you know, I was recently in Nashville for about 36 hours, uh, traveling down to Huntsville, listened to Mm -hmm. our uh, wrap-up of the Lee Greenwood concert. uh, For for those of you who don't know, the all-star tribute to Lee Greenwood. We stopped off in Nashville. We did. We drove. We drove down through Virginia, covered Hank Williams, all that good stuff, and then uh, we went to Hank Williams Jr. I should say, and then we went to Nashville for a day and a half to take a break from driving, and also be close to industry people who were going to do the Huntsville stuff, and and so we were there. And Isaac, my dear dear friend, who did all of the driving, who you hear me just heap praise on in the rap episode. I was telling him about Manuel, and he is a big, big history buff. And for those Mm -hmm. of you who listen to this show, you know that I have a Manuel from our last trip, uh, from our trip, yours and mine, to Nashville last year. I bought a, I saw a Manuel that I just fell in love with, a Manuel shirt, and I bought it. But Manuel has clothed Johnny Cash. He's done the King of Morocco. He did the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club album outfits. I've got uh, the entire list, which I it's too long to go down, but I mean, Hank I, I Williams, mean, Dolly it, Parton. It's everybody. It yeah, is everybody. You and name we it, even you name it. found out that one of, I, one of our favorite movies, Isaac's and mine, because we are both country music buffs, is The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. And I said to, and months ago, Isaac and I watched that, and I said, I bet Manuel did some of those outfits, because he knew about Manuel from me getting the shirt. And he was like, yeah, it looks right. like it. And then we, we were there and I asked him. We went to his shop. And of course, he's always at his shop. And I said to, and I said, did you guys do, did you do Best Little Whorehouse? And he said, he said, I can't, he says, I think I was involved directly. And if I wasn't, it was people who interned and worked for my shop. He said, yes, we, we had a hand in those outfits for Dolly and Burt Reynolds. So uh, it was, it was just a fantastic time. His wonderful, wonderful executive assistant, office manager, uh, all-around protector is a woman named Wellesley. And she remembered me. She remembered the shirt that I bought, and she remembered me. And so we're there talking with Manuel. And she says, you wanted to interview him last year, right? I said, yeah. I said, I emailed, but nobody ever got back to arrange a phone interview. And she said, well, do you want to do it while you're in town? I said, I would love to, but we leave tomorrow. She said, and she said, can you do it today? I said, well, I don't have my professional equipment. I said, but I can do it on my phone. And she said, okay, Manuel, you want to do it? Manuel said, absolutely. <laughs> so I have, on my awesome. fo- I have on my phone an interview with Manuel. Buddy, you don't, I don't know. I haven't listened to it back, so I don't know what kind of painful editing experience you're in for on this. Mm, great. Uh, but we did, we, I'm sitting there, and it's not lost on me. I'm sitting there in this shop, and next to me, Behind Manuel is a Loretta Lynn outfit. It is very similar to what she wore when she got the uh, Medal of Freedom from mm-hmm. President Bush, I believe. It was either Bush or Obama. Um, 
and it's a similar outfit. And I recognized it right away because if you watch the Manuel documentary, which doesn't have wide distribution yet, and I think it should, uh, that is a scene in there where she, he literally goes on her tour bus to do her fitting for the outfit. Uh, so oh, wow. th this man is a legend, and I'm in this shop surrounded by his works, and then this is the conversation we had. Few artists are known by a mononym. Mainly, they're performers. But there is one designer known the world over by one name, and he's our guest today, Manuel. Thank you so much for the very last minute allowing me to ask you some questions recording here. Um, I want to go back to the beginning with your career. How did you get hooked up with Nudie and working on these kinds of well, designs? Well, I am already in Los Angeles at the time, at the Nudie era. It's the early 50s, and uh, I went through a little short experience about, I would say about eight months. I came to the United States to pick up my green card, and then I was uh, moved to go into a little scientist that made me laugh. Really, he says, pants maker wanted. And I knock on the door, and the guy was so impressed. He asked me, you driving that car, you want to make pants for me? I said, why not? He says, well, I'm really impressed. Anyway, the same person 25 years later told me that he was embarrassed for pay me the minimum, which was 90 cents. So he offered me a dollar an hour. <laughs> and anyway, about eight months later, I believe, he recommended me to a, uh, after a month, he recommended to one of his friends. And his friend uh, put me on the top of a company and uh, the union man didn't like me. So he says, there's a guy behind this guy that's been there for 10 years. He deserves the job, not this guy. I just came to the United States. And I started feeling all that kind of stuff. The, the roughness of classicism and racism, if you want to call it. There was no way that guy could call me a racist because I looked better than he were. <laughs> better clothes than him and drove better cars than him, but but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't about to argue about stupidity of that kind. I uh, kind of, I was helped a lot by a lady that I met. Her name was Edith Head who was nominated to 12 Oscars and she won six. She's probably the best designer in the world that I have known of. I tell that to every kid I learned, and I'm talking about John Paul, I'm talking about a lot of guys that are super designers in the world. I said, you know what? She was the only designer that I knew. I love that. And you can find her in the Google, whatever. I, uh, she said, Manuel, you're the king of cowboy, and uh, have you ever run through your head the idea that you want to be head of wardrobe of a movie? 
I said, you know, I was entertaining the idea because I'm really making a lot of money making, you know, a, a movie or two every two months, whatever. Wow. He says, well, don't you ever commit that stupidity. Yeah. Don't you ever, ever even think of going into a business like that. What you need is to make clothes for the people that at the end of the movie, they're still hugging and kissing. Yeah. Not, not the idiots that get killed six, seven seconds <laughs> when the movie's starting, forget that. You make clothes only for the principles. And it was just an idea. And Lou Wasserman, who was the monster at the time in Hollywood, he said, she's right, Manuel. If you really want to, why don't you just, you know, I have a, so many TV shows that I want you to get into, and I got into. Yeah. Rifleman, Wonder Woman, High Chaparral, Bonanza, I've made so many of them. I made the principles dressing according to script. And I was a, a good customer. Yeah. And she loved it. She says, you're the king of cowboy. And she was the one that planted me in 1954 with James Dean and Elizabeth Taylor for giants. So oh. I, I, I got to dress both of them. That's amazing. But I, I am not the head of work. In fact, one of her helpers was the head of wardrobe. The movie. She said, Don't you get into this being the head of wardrobe? They sell, they want them to pay you, pay them money out of your salary for you naming them, the Rolodex. When the people, when the movie ends, the people still get nothing, get out, killing the rest of the popcorn in the cup, and forget about who in the world wrote this, who did that, who whatever. But the industry people, yeah, they do, because the new directors, they over there looking for talent, and actually they see who did what. Yeah. But you, Manuel, you're the king of cowboys. Forget these people. How does the King of Cowboy end up dressing the Beatles? The House of London, uh, when they were coming to LA, yeah, New York, of course, they needed somebody to do certain costumes that they need that would show a little bit of different. And they love what I did. Mm -hmm. By the way, I just met this lady about five years ago in Liverpool. First time ever in my life that right? okay. we, we were reminiscing about all those times. Because I, I made so many, like nine outfits for them. And I, we shipped them, or somebody came and picked them out. They, you know the trick of you. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> and uh, later on, she wanted pieces so she could add pieces and whatever, like for that famous... Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, that yeah. they did. I said, I didn't do people say, you did this. I said, I I'd made office with them. I didn't make the office. You know, there's a lot of people that would claim to be part of that. And I don't want to be, I don't want my name mm -hmm. in there. 
for any reason, except for one. If they want the same type of clue, they know who to call, and that's why I have pictures of young John Lennon with Keith Richards and all those guys, Bob Dylan. Yeah. So let me see if I understand you. You sent pieces, and then they assembled. No, I made. Okay. I made exactly nine of them. Wow. Nine sets, which uh, I think uh, my uh, arithmetic is good. Thirty-six pieces. But, and then they came to, you know, they, the idea was to make in kind of bobbies, mm -hmm. the, the policemen, you know. Yes. Yes. I thought that was corny. <laughs> and uh, so I made a sort of, uh, inspired really by the little old ladies that do uh, bed spreads and stuff. Pieces, patches, and whatever. And that's how those became to me. Actually, out of uh, that type of piece of fabric and all that. Yeah. You know, I got great friendships from all of them, uh, exclusive from George and John. I love that. Yeah. Um, Johnny Cash. What what did you see in him that made you go black? Well, he was a rockabilly, black hair. He wasn't like that light guy. That you, you know, he was a cotton picker. Came from a cotton picking family. And but it was his friendship, and and, and he was a portrait man. He was a there was some mystery in John since the men we met. And we met with a crowd of guys back when when all these uh, aficionados were like cultists, that's what we were. <laughs> we'd go and sit down on the floor and listen to somebody play music. <laughs> and the bars and places of play were like, the biggest one was like 250 people, 125 people. And it was none of these big, big concerts today. Mm -hmm. It was really a devotion for music that moved us to go listen to them. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, well, you know. Uh, that's how John, but John was, John was kind of a, a, a prince from the, uh, he, like a vampire, but not that bad, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He was he dark. That, he was that, like, yeah. yeah. He had a darkness of a prince. Mm -hmm. And uh, you didn't know whether he wanted to be a preacher, or he wanted to be a, a character a certain way. Mm -hmm. I, I saw him with a couple of three-piece, whatever he could get here and there. And uh, the time, when he hit him very hard, you know. <laughs> Brother, I need office. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go. I ain't going to pay for them. <laughs> we were all very happy because he was going to pay for his office. <laughs> and, and, of course, I, I hear the voice on the phone. Every, anybody knows who's on the phone. When he used to talk. Yeah. His brother. I got the clue. I said, uh-huh. 
He says, how come they're all black? <laughs> I said, John, I'm not trying to be funny. I said, but they're suspicious. On black clothes? <laughs> <laughs> According to the record of payment. Yeah, oh my I made them all black. <laughs> but different style. Every piece is different than the other. This is, I see that. Well, I was signed to about 56 shows. And I went to maybe at least two or three, as, as many times as you can. Wow. And I said, Why are you crazy? Yes, my well, I guess the color is no longer a question, right? <laughs> I said, oh, whatever John wants, what John gets. And we became friends for life, forever. I mean, we were already friends. But it was funny how that became. I think he said it more clearly than I could. I remember Barbara uh, Walters doing an interview with him. He says, so Manuel really dressed you in black. He says, well, let me explain. I have black clothes before, but Manuel dressed me in a better black. You really did. <laughs> has it ever surprised you, has there ever been a celebrity who's surprised you that they've wanted a piece of your work? Like I know you did when Conan O'Brien went on tour. You made yeah, that yeah. beautiful jacket for him. Oh, God. Has it ever, I'm telling you, I know your work. I really do. Has it ever surprised you that somebody you wouldn't think, you would think, no, no, is not, is, Manuel is not their style. And they reach out and they say, please make something for me. Yeah. There's a lot of those people. And that's when I say, when I talk to them, too. Willard Rockwell, I told, the, I told the guy. You know, Robert Six was owner of Continental Airlines at the time. Sam Manis was uh, Manis' first international, back when first was sold by, for millions of dollars. And I said, I already dressed David Neiman, why did you bring in me? Mr. Rockwell, as a client. Calls me, you know. I said, well, I come to When I was a little boy, Mama, I wanted to be Roy Rogers or Gene Autry. I said, thank you, sir. Now I can make clothes for you. And I make clothes for him all his life. But you know, it, it, it gives you the, some people look an identity. And we all know that tuxedo, we all know that. <laughs> Pot leather shoes, boots, belts. We all know those things. All the carnation, we all know all those things that our great society has enforced through the years. You know, right now, a black and white assistance to a party is like, Something you laugh at. <laughs> yeah. People said, well, I don't want to go there. Yeah. Why? Because it's an imposition. It's just not a thing. But I'll tell you, find a lot of my clients in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I feel really like you, once you come in here, you, no matter how reluctant you are about the clothes or the appears or the 
whatever we do. But once you get familiar, you get it's like we're like cocaine. People love it. It's I'll tell you my experience. I walked in here. I didn't expect to buy anything. I just I knew you had a new shop. I didn't even think you would be here because it's very rare that the legend who, whose shop it is, is you know is here is. I love that. I walked in here a year ago, and I looked at something, and I was telling you earlier. It spoke to me. It is as a piece of art. It just was like, that's mine. I don't care what it costs. I'm an adult. I make my own money. I'm making this decision. I'm buying this shirt. And I've had it, and I've loved it, and it's 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 just it's 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 an honor to have a piece of your work. It really is. It jumps out, and you know when it's right. It's almost like you have to know your client. You knew to put John in black. You knew what to do with Conan. I think the client has to feel, fall in love with well, it too. This is, you know the toughest things. I mean, things that I that I consider amazing in my career. It's dressing for presidents of this country. Really? Wow. I mean, a lot of governors and mayors of the city. Not only the superstar, yeah, according to sensational America, you know, we have no more than 20. Yeah. Most of them are dead. <laughs> the new ones, I am sorry, I, I love them all. Okay. Mm-hmm. May everybody take their part in what they do and be successful. But when it comes to entertainment, because many of them have the, the honest fight, so it's our craftsmanship that counts. I said, well, as far as the craftsmanship, I really respect that, but I can only tell you that you can play guitar for your grandma for two hours and she'll be bored to death after that. But the people that go see a show, it's different than your craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. You know, you're telling me that Bob Dylan sings beautiful? No. You think that Johnny Cash sang beautiful? No. But listen, there's, there are a lot of great people that sing fantastic. And some that play much better guitar than others. I've been there, I've seen him. I, I just love people. It's an unfair question because everything comes from your heart, but do you have a favorite piece that you've designed? I am hoping that the next one will be that. Yeah. You know, it's, you're always looking for better. People. I don't know, they go through the trouble calling me the best I did, the best I did. I'd say, wait a moment, the best does not exist. I might be one of the better ones. I'll take that, happily. <coughs> but the best, no, I And as far as the pieces as you ask me, the best is coming, maybe, you never know. Right? <laughs> well, I've done so many things that to me, they were brilliant for the person that wore them, and they made them look like also oh, beautiful. And I am blocking people that don't even mention the stuff. But I mean, come on, America, Chicago, uh, Erwin and Fire, so many groups. Oh my God, the Supremes, so many of them. Just because what? 
the glamorous pieces they were, they were glamorous. Yeah. I am sorry. I, I, I don't come into my store because you run the, the, the risk of working out of rhinestone teeth around here. Yeah. <laughs> but this is what we do, and it's fun, and people love it. Yeah. I am here, they keep me busy. Busy, busy. Last question for you. Actually, two last questions. I'll ask this first. What inspires you? What inspires you in your heart? I think that the confession that the, the people have been carrying themselves with something, but like I said, the pressure in our society has been so strong that they don't express themselves. Yeah. And I'm just saying this. They find that window, which is showing up in a different outfit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you turn from a priest to a salamander, man. <laughs> I mean, people get shocked. Yeah. But they were afraid of people being shocked before. They don't, they get that freedom. <laughs> and with them, I, I do my own freedom thing. You know, I write my own freedom song for them. I I make the fist. You say, yeah, love that. I last question for you. How does it feel to know that you've accomplished an American dream coming here as an immigrant? How do you feel having succeeded in this country? Well, you feel a lot of happiness. Uh, and uh, with your selfish mm -hmm. self, you know. You say, I really wanted to do this. And I'm doing it. But now I want to do it better. That gives you, like, alive, you know. The, the adrenaline is rushing, and it's rushing like crazy. But people inspire me because they, they want to jump up in the air and scream freedom, yeah. Mm -hmm. And when I can embrace that, I feel like a million dollars. I really do. Manuel, an honor. Thank you. You're so welcome. Isn't it neat how these things just sometimes happen when you least expect it? And we weren't going to go to Manuel. We were exhausted. We had hit, uh, we had woken up. We went and did the Country Music Hall of Fame. Then we went and ate at Paula Dean's, which you, which again, go listen to the Lee Greenwood all-star tribute, all the interviews we did, we talked about that a little bit. Went to eat at Paula Dean's restaurant over in the Opryland section of Nashville. And then Isaac was tired of driving and tired of sitting, so we walked around the Opryland Hotel, uh, which is just across the parking lot. Well, we, uh, oh, and here's a little hack if you don't want to pay for parking at Gaylord. Um, park, <laughs> park in the mall parking lot, and then just walk the bridge over to Opryland and you'll be fine. Uh, you can get in one of the side doors of one of the atriums. You'll be totally fine. So we we walked around Gaylord and I had mentioned wanting to stop off at Manuel's shop uh, just to see what was new and say hi to a legend because, you know, I'm like that. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so we're, and we were tired. I had to get ready for Boz Skaggs that night to see the show at the Ryman. Uh, his show, 
and we were we were just beat from the day of driving. And he was like, "Don't you want to go see that guy?" I'm like, "That's the concert tonight." He goes, "No, no, no, the guy with the rhinestones." Oh, Manuel, yes. So I navigated us to Manuel. We got there. You navigated. I, well, I Isaac has this weird thing where he doesn't like the GPS voice, so <laughs> I have to hold the phone and tell That's him weird, and tell him turn left up here, turn right up here. Uh, trusting me and my issues with depth perception. It's not, he just ends up looking at the phone and sighing at that, me. That's why I asked you that you navigated. Yeah, really. I didn't let I, you navigate <laughs> when we, we were there last year. I know. I managed. <laughs> I think I had my daughter help more than you. I, I Yeah, I just I just hold the phone. That's all I'm good for. <laughs> so, so we get to Manuel. And as we're on the road, I said, listen, if something speaks to you, if something speaks to you, I don't care what the price is. You buy it. It's a piece of art, and we're not going to have Manuel around forever. I said, of course, you don't care what the price is because it's not your pocketbook. <laughs> oh no! But I'll tell you what: the man ended up buying a Manuel, and 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 it was more than yours, right? It ended up being more than mine. Wow. Uh, it had more patchwork on it. It had more patchwork on the on the yoking. You know, so, I haven't seen this. You never showed this to me, so you're gonna have to send me a pic. Oh, okay. I thought I yes, I did. When he bought it, I I screamed at you, man. I, I all caps. I was like, Isaac's buying a Manuel. Oh my God! I can't believe he did it. So I'll have to scroll through our our uh, millions it, of text messages. You called it hideous. Okay, maybe I did see it. <laughs> but for the record, once I explained to him that they were Native American symbols, he lightened up and said, "Oh yeah, it does look really nice." So, um, but I love my Manuel. Isaac loves his Manuel. Um, Each to their own, right? It's just a piece of history. I saw one I wanted that was cheaper than mine from before and with well within my price range, okay? But it was mm-hmm. too big and it would have taken too long for them to, to, to be able to make it to my size. So, ended up foregoing that. But I think I got a treasure in that we got to talk to Manuel and meet him. And by the way, Isaac wore his shirt the next night at the Lee Greenwood event. We didn't wear it for the for the red carpet, but we went back to the car and I put on a nice shirt and he put on his Manuel. Oh, oh, what I was going to say is it's not my money, but it's my house, okay? I I've ordered that man. That man, I love his roommates, but they smoke a lot of things. Nothing nothing illicit, okay? In but your they, place? No, in his place. He lives, he rents a room from people who board in a house. Uh, and I don't know how much detail he wants me to go in, but suffice it to say, his roommates smoke a lot. They smoke a lot of cigarettes. They don't do anything illicit, but that house is very smoky. And I know from having my best friend from Pennsylvania grow up who doesn't smoke anything, that smell will get in your clothes. And oh, I have, absolutely. And I have said, you are not allowed to keep this in your house, because he doesn't even have a closet. He has a rack where he hangs his clothes. He has a clothing rack. I said, you are not allowed to keep this this very expensive shirt where it could absorb smoke smell, and then you're not going to be ever allowed to get it out. So yeah. it's never going to it's never going to be Smart. it's not going to get out. I said, you store that in my closet. I said, I, I don't want any argument, and he relented. He was well, not happy about it because he it's not about his autonomy. It's just I know how right. these things go. And I honestly have no freaking clue how to clean it. 
So. No, that and plus, you know, you secretly want to wear it. No, it's it. Well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Come on, don't lie. I know you too. It's well. funny. He's really tall, but I'm sort of got a gut, a little bit of a gut. So it'll work. When it comes to clothes, we can actually share quite a bit. Um, I've worn his Robert Graham. We, I mean, God, I make him spend a lot of money on fancy shirts because you make a lot of people spend a lot of money in a lot of different ways, my friend. Because he bought a Robert Graham when we were out in in Vegas, and I actually wore that on our Jeff Jeff Carson interview. <laughs> How many times did you try to get me to buy a Robert Graham? Hey, listen. It was understated. It looked good on you, and you wanted to wait till the price went down, which I respect. Yes, and but I also wanted a different version of that shirt, which was you wanted a white one, but you looked price. better in the darker version of it. Well, you, I don't agree. Jesse, and I said you looked like freaking Casper in the. <laughs> but I'm okay uh, with that. I really wanted the white one because I thought the thought the details popped out more than they did on the darker blue one. No, the darker blue fits your color and your hair much better. Uh, whatever. My opinion doesn't count for anything around here. No. That's why we get along so well. I tell you when you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never wrong. I'm just not always right at that time. What I will say is I've said you're right and you've gone and said, everybody in my life, the girls and you... You always say I'm right when it's too late, after the point. And I'm like, you know mm -hmm. what? I'm not going to argue with you on that. You're exactly correct. <laughs> <laughs> See? It always comes back 360 that I'm right. Well, I got to get moving here. I got other things to do. This was fun. This was a fun rap to do because that, reliving that memory, that's like top 10 interviews I've ever done, top five interviews, just to be like, hey, you want to do it now? And we're in his shop in Nashville and I plop my phone in the middle, and I and we're just sitting there. Didn't matter that I had Boz Skaggs and needed to get back and get dressed for it. I was I was right there with him. It was it was so cool. It was so much fun. I love it. And buddy, I'm sorry you didn't get to be on that that one, but I think uh, I think with the manner that it happened and that it happened with the in the shop, I think it's forgivable. So, oh yeah, I, no hard feelings. Plus, sometimes it's just with. With certain ones, it's just easier to do uh, solo interviews. Exactly. Well, for the Music Universe podcast, I'm Matt. And I'm Buddy. Thanks for listening, and be sure to hit that subscribe button. Check us out at themusicuniverse.com. Take care. Uh -huh.